What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined on the other side by David Lake, a deflated Sunday morning. David, what the hell happened? I know. Can you believe Florida lost to LSU? <laughs> what, what a crazy result. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I mean... Just uh, just when you thought momentum was building, things were trending in the right direction uh, with the Miami Hurricanes football program, uh, everything ke- came crashing down, right? So the one result that you know I didn't honestly expect to see, the one result that Miami couldn't let happen, happened. Um, I think... You know, look, North Carolina is a legitimate team. And even if Miami lost, but was competitive in that loss, yes, it, it would have been disappointing, but understandable. But there is no way to understand the way uh, that loss happened on Saturday afternoon. And and we'll get into it here. Is this a case of Miami um, just thinking too much of themselves? Like, does this feel like... FIU game last year where they just bought too much into the hype and they weren't prepared or was it a per- perfect storm or or what I think it's a little bit of that and I think it is you know we saw a particular a particular position group in my opinion get exposed against North Carolina and that can would I, be can, the line oh, I was gonna say can I guess which group that is <laughs> go ahead <laughs> um let me jump in right here. Can you do you always do on inside the U.com, our website, uh, the top 10 PFF grades for or highest graded out Miami Hurricanes? Who were the 10 worst? Like, who it's got to be the linebackers. Like, we're talking Zion Nelson, first career start against Florida levels, 0.0 pass protection <laughs> grades. What, 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 what was Jennings yeah. and McLeod? Well, Jennings graded out as the worst player on the defense against North Carolina. Um, and you know, I went back and watched the the game this morning, Sunday morning, and certainly I, I, you know, I can't disagree with that grade. Um, so there was a lot of different issues for the, for different linebackers that Miami played a bunch of linebackers and none of them played well, but, but for Jennings, uh, he had the most issues, both with, uh, making poor run fits. He struggled with tackling and he struggled getting off blocks. Um, so he checked all three of those boxes. I'm not sure the other linebackers necessarily checked all three of those boxes, uh, but Jennings, uh, you know, we got to keep it real. That's one of the worst performances by a middle linebacker that you will see. Um, Zach why, McLeod. Why, why did they leave him in the game? I don't know. I mean, uh <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know you're not on the headsets. I'm just thinking. Yeah, I mean, here. you know, the, the other option is Corey Flagg, right? Um, the, the true freshman. But but I think we got to be real, too, and say Corey Flagg did not have a good performance either. Um, Corey Flagg played 43 snaps and was not credited with a single tackle. Uh, he also struggled with with making quick reads, you know, triggering quickly on those RPOs 
and making the correct run fits. Uh, so was he as epically bad as Bradley Jennings? No, but he wasn't exactly great either. Zach McLeod, you know, it was the typical Zach McLeod performance where he sees things too late and, uh, you know, the pursuit angles and run fits are off and at times, you know, struggled to tackle in space. I don't think he was quite as bad as Bradley Jennings in that regard, but he wasn't exactly much better. Uh, and then the other guy who graded out really poorly, not at the linebacker level, but at the safety level was Amari Carter. Um, you know, just <laughs> we've, we've all seen the embarrassing clips uh, from that game. You know, when, when he was trucked by Javante Williams, that was a bad look. He really struggled to tackle in space. You know, essentially what was going on was the linebackers were struggling to make the correct run fits. And that allowed uh, North Carolina's running backs to break into the second, the second level, level yeah. with ease. And that put Miami safeties constantly in very difficult situations against NFL level running backs. And the NFL le level running backs won, you know, 80% of those matchups in space. And, you know, some of those turned into big gains. Some of, some of them turned into 10 yard gains, right? Uh, Amari Carter really struggled to, to break things down in space, but truthfully all the, all the safeties did as well. Um, so, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things going on, you know, at the linebacker level, striker level and safety level in terms of defending the RPO. And look, this is what the RPO does. It puts those positions constantly in, in conflict. And if you don't have instinctual players at those positions that can be quick when, with their reads, and then when they need to get off blocks, um, it's going to be a disaster. And that's kind of what we saw on Saturday. It just snowballed. I don't think Bubba Bolden played that good of a game either. I mean, no one obviously played good. They gave up 66 points. He did not. Points. He did not. But, you know, he he did lead the team in tackles for whatever that is worth. But certainly he missed he missed his fair share of tackles in space as well. Look, missing tackles was, you know, everyone did it essentially on the defense. So, um, you know, nobody played well. To me, the, the biggest issue was the run fits. Uh, because the, the running backs were just able to get 10 yards with ease. And then it was up to them to kind of make people miss in space, which they did. And then, you know, things were off to the races. But to me, it, it begins and ends with the run fits, the instincts, and the inability to get off blocks uh, at the linebacker level. Um, is Miami ever going to wear the Miami Knights jerseys again? Or are those, Burn those are done? Burn them. Yeah, burn them. Yeah, that's, that's I don't I think thinking. you can, dude. No. I, th <laughs> I don't even think they look good. They looked all right. I don't know. I was here for it, you know. But, no. yeah, I think they looked a little better in the pictures than, than in real life. The chrome face mask sucked. Um, what did you think of the corner play? Like, would you say the turning, <laughs> the turning point or the downfall of the game was when that uh, DJ Ivy pick was – overturn for what was it offsides well it was a substitution infraction oh, okay. yeah so okay. miami was substituting they did not get you know i forget who it was it might have been jordan Ford. 
I think, I think, yeah, I mean, who's not easy to get off the field. Right. So he didn't get off the field, 12 men on the field. Uh, you know, DJ Ivy gets a pick. In a lot of ways, this is eerily similar to what happened in the first quarter at Clemson, right? Quincy Roche gets a potentially game-altering uh, interception in the first quarter. Could have generated a ton of momentum on Miami when Miami, you know, for whatever reason, didn't start with any juice in, in the first quarter against a formidable opponent. Uh, that happened again against North Carolina. DJ Ivy potentially has a game-altering interception, provided some juice to the stadium and to the sideline, but it was quickly uh, nullified because of the um, penalty. You know, look, let's be real, though. Uh, I don't think it would have changed anything. Ultimately, it would have been nice. You know, maybe we'll see what would have happened at that, at that time in the game. Maybe North Carolina tightens up. But I think, you know, offensively, North Carolina could have done whatever they wanted. Uh, let's say Miami was able to stop the run. Uh, I think Diami Brown, you know, he's a very tough matchup for a guy like DJ Ivy. Diami Brown has jets. He has a gear that DJ Ivy simply does not have. And so when Miami was devoting numbers to stopping the run, that meant uh, Diami Brown had opportunities to one-on-one uh, -on -one win matchups against DJ Ivy. And he didn't even need to make 50-50 catches against DJ Ivy. Uh, Sam Howell just had to lay the ball out there. Deami Brown uh, hit that gear that DJ Ivy does not possess and, you know, was able to explode for a couple long touchdowns. So I think even if Miami was able to stop the run, Sam Howell was perfectly comfortable doing whatever he wanted to do as a passer. He just didn't need to do it, especially in the second half. Um, you know, they never really needed to pass the ball. Uh, but when they did, they, they still found plenty of success. Uh, last thing before we take a break uh, on the defensive side of the ball, got to give a little credit to Corey Couch. I thought he was the lone. And again, no one plays good when you give up that many points. But I thought he showed something to Corey Couch did. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he he certainly did a good job in coverage. I'll say that. I think the run support, you know, if you really want to judge to Corey Couch harshly, uh, you know, he missed his share of tackles. Uh, but you're asking a lot of a smaller corner to have to constantly uh, provide run support against NFL-level running backs. Uh, he shouldn't have truthfully been in that position as many times as he was. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he played okay. There were some guys that played okay. Like I thought the defensive line played okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't even good. Don't get me wrong, but the defensive line, in my opinion, played okay. It's just basically every other position didn't exactly play great, but to Corey couch was okay as well. Can't be okay. All right. Quick break. Uh, gonna talk big picture and a little offense. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Um, so I'm assuming, David, you would give a like D minus for Miami's defensive effort or maybe just a straight up F. F. What did you think? What did you think about the offense? Uh, <laughs> wasn't that good either. Um, you know, North Carolina's defense, let's be real, is not that good. It, it's okay. Um, so Miami should have been able to, to have more success early in the game. Um, you know, Miami essentially got the majority of their points in garbage time. Let's be real. The game was well out of hand when Miami kind of a little bit started getting going on offense. Um but look, Miami's offensive line struggled uh, to run block once again, just no push when they needed to get push. And these uh, zone blitzing by the North Carolina linebackers, you know, Miami's offensive line really struggled to pick up those uh, blitzes. And De'Ara King, you know, at times his head was spinning in terms of where the blitzes were coming from. He had a tough time identifying them. Um, so, you know, I would probably give the offense, I don't know, a C minus D plus it it wasn't that great of a performance by them either. Um, you know, they, they kept trying, they kept, they kept pushing, but, uh, I think situations matter when you're, when you're grading and it's hard for me to be excited about Brevin Jordan's long touchdown play when it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't really need to hash out. I thought the offensive line was bad, obviously. Um, let's take a step back. What does this do for the program? Do these guys rally together? Do yeah. we see is this is this the the divide in the locker room? Are guys just going to turn pro? Like, what is your kind of feeling? And I know it's it's different because you know we don't have access to the players. You're not on the field. You, uh, it, sometimes you can pick up different like feelings in the vibe of the group. I mean, I'm just, I'm wondering, is everyone just gonna be like, all right, like I'm, I'm Derek King. I'm going to go pro. I'm, I'm Jalen Phillips. I'm going pro, you know, I'm Bubba Bolden. I'm going pro or like we're, we're, what's next, I guess. Yeah, that's the big question. Right. And I think it's hard to totally judge that until we see how the bowl game goes in my opinion. So, you know, I have, I have been hyping up that the culture is changing around this program. Uh, The true test of that is going to be how they come out and perform in this bowl game against whoever it is and whatever bowl game it is going to be. It's no longer going to be the orange bowl. So that dream is dashed. (laughs) I I was, I was joking with some people. I'm like, we went from Miami, Florida, orange bowl to Miami, Florida, what, like peach bowl. I don't even know gator bowl or micron PC computer bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So again, the culture is going to be tested. Are they going to get up for that game? Um, 
we'll see. In terms of the turning pro thing, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say that one game, this one game against North Carolina, is a deciding factor with that. I've kind of come to the resignation or, or the belief that most of these guys are going to go pro. Um, that's so that's kind of that's just what I'm expecting. I'm expecting Derek King to go pro, Mike Harley to go pro, you know, all those quote unquote borderline seniors. I will be surprised if they do come back, you know, if they do come back, then that's, that's a good surprise. But right now my mindset is I'm expecting them to go pro uh, in term. You mentioned Bubba Bolden. I don't know about him. Uh, I still think he needs to come back and prove himself another year at the college level. Um, well, I just, yeah. I was, I was just mentioning like him. I, I mean, because this feels like to me, like a lot like last year's FIU loss in, in some ways, or it is deflating know, in that it's way. It's deflating. It, so I'm saying, is this, is this crumble? Like, does ever, is everyone check out? Like, wh- where know. do we, where do we go? And, and by checking out, I, I think the easy way out for some of these guys is just like, all right, I'm just, gonna go pro um that that's just kind of what i was hinting at or i mean i don't know the answer to it yeah i mean we'll find out right i mean i think a guy like anesta silvera i think is an interesting case study with all this right so you know he's been okay this year he's been he's been good uh is he good enough to go to the nfl i would probably say no i think he needs another year i think you see it other programs with good cultures a guy like nesta comes back for his senior year and proves himself another year at the college level. Will that happen at a place like Miami? That's the big challenge, right? That Manny Diaz, he needs to change that at Miami. He needs to shift that mindset. Um, but again, we don't know. Like, we'll see how the, how the bowl game goes and the result of that bowl game. And I think we will know the answer to this important question after that bowl game. Dude, if you're if you are a Miami supporter, and I'm assuming you are because you're listening to this podcast, like I would ch- like find some terrible team to play. Like, yes, you do not yes. want to play anyone good. Like, you need a win. Yes, yeah, get a win. Uh, preferably a team with a terrible offense would be ideal uh, to play <laughs> against. Uh, you know, hey, maybe maybe Duke wants to run it back. That would be fun. Um, Okay, some other some other, I got to get out of here soon, but some other things. Uh, like I was gonna say, I I mean you got to call T two now, but he uh, he had an interesting tweet last night. I I, I think the T two stuff is officially dead for Miami. Terrence, what Lewis. did he say? I didn't see it. Oh God! Well, because I asked, I I joked with someone that I talk with. I'm like, so you guys are hitting up T two now, and I was met with a screenshot of uh. Don L. Harris, the, the defensive end at, at Texas A&M, tweeted out, oh, great, great night to be a Hurricanes fan with like a laughing emoji. Terrence Lewis retweets it with a big LOL. So, um, yeah, that, that's dead. Uh, okay, tell me this. I know you got to go, but I want to get your thoughts on this. And look, I am not – I'm never going to be the guy who says fire this coach. That's not my job, right? But we have to address – the buzz or, or the talk that's out there. And look, is it emotional? Yes. Is it following one of the worst performances in school history? Yes, arguably the worst. Uh, but tell me this, if you're Manny Diaz, I think the big debate is, uh, you know, with addressing the defense moving forward, is it personnel issues 
or is it coaching issues? Um, which side of that? And, and look, I think the answer is both in some yeah. regard, but where, where do you put more weight in that debate? Personnel issues. So like linebackers, you know, should they hit the portal for linebackers now? Yeah. Or, or, well, uh, let me cut in here. I, I think it's, you're right. It, it's both. It comes down to both. Um, you know, I don't know if Miami's getting the, got the most out of what they have, but I think they are limited by what they have. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Like they didn't get the, they didn't get the most out of their guys. Um, but those guys are, are what they are. And, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a scapegoat for all of this. Um, but everyone wants to point the finger at, at Blake Baker and all this. I mean, Dude, Blake Baker didn't recruit BJ Jennings. Blake Baker didn't recruit Zach McLeod. You know, like right. how much is that really on him? Um, I'm, that's that's what I'm gonna say. I, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, I, I know it seems like it's the end of the world and and, right. and everything is coming down. And I'm not trying to be like some sunshine pumper and blah blah blah. But I think if we went back to J- July and said, "Hey, Miami's going to be what are they eight and two? Is that what it is? Eight and, Nine, two. Eight and two. Miami's going to be eight and two. They're going to make a bowl game. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be happy. And there's such always so much overreaction to, and, and I know it's a bad loss. Like people are think they're going to think the recruiting class is falling apart. I mean, heck, man, Miami Palmetto lost in the playoff game and a playoff game on Saturday night while while this was all going on. Like I don't. I don't think this really changes much with, with that. I, I would just be concerned about what does this do for the locker room? That's that, that's my, that's my fear. If you're Miami, everything was going in such the right direction. Like now we're in a fork or in, in the road. It's either going to go one way or it's going to go the other. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen. My thing with the Blake Baker thing is look, I'm not defending him. That was awful at the college level. Uh, you, you know, the coaches get paid, the players do not. So the coaches have to take the brunt of the blame. I get that. I understand that game. Um, but, but at the same time, I think, you know, even if Miami comes in with a totally different game plan against North Carolina, I'm not sure the result changes much. I still think North Carolina rolls, you know, maybe North Carolina doesn't, uh, run for, (laughs) 500 plus yards, but I think North Carolina still wins comfortably. Why? Because the personnel Miami has at the linebacker level is not good enough to handle the team, the best RPO team in all of college football. I just think that's a, you know, football is a game of matchups and Miami's personnel matches up extremely poor against North Carolina's personnel with trying to contain what they do. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know this also sounds weird because we are was it 11 weeks into the season, 10 weeks. In, I, don't, I don't even know. Week 15. You know, I mean, I think not having a spring really hurt Miami with with the linebackers, man. Like those guys yeah. couldn't learn the system. Avery Huff, you know, Sam Brooks to a degree. So I, I don't know. But yes, I, I think what what's the USC linebacker in the Porter pay all day? I don't know how to say his name. Gayotete or something. Yeah. I don't know. Some, yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I'm calling that guy this morning if, if I'm Miami. I agree. I think something needs to be done with the personnel in terms of bringing in an older guy. Um, but again, spots are limited. We'll see if they'll be able to do that. Um, but, you know, middle linebacker is a, you know, linebacker in general 
right now looks like a, a pretty big question mark moving forward. Okay. Um, I'm, we're going to get out of here. I know the, the deflating, my, my big takeaway, just get rid of the black jerseys. Don't even, don't ever bring them back. Like leave them at hard rock, whatever. Um, signing day is what three, four days away. I'm sure me and you are probably going to do a po- multiple podcasts leading up to that. This is a roster management podcast. So, um, stay tuned and, um, have a drink Sunday or something. I, I don't know. Have fun. Please give us some good news between now and signing day. Please. <laughs> oh, good news is coming. Don't worry.